The podcast for the inquisitive diver. Hey there, dive buddies, and welcome to the show. My next guest found his love for diving when he was just 16 years old, and quite simply, he's never lost it. He shares his experiences and knowledge as a course director conducting instructor development training in Queensland and the Sunshine Coast right here in Australia. Albeit, he's lived and dived all over the world. Uh, Kai Steinbeck has been actively involved in the dive industry since 1993 and joins me today as we talk about the dive industry, standards and a few of Kai's random adventures and the glorious waters around Australia. Kai, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. Great to be here. Oh, I'm super excited, mate. Uh, the, the the way that you do all your bits and pieces on Facebook and all the other stuff, it all looks super exciting. So I've been like a kid at Christmas waiting for this one to happen. Well, um, you know, I'm glad to see that some of the advertising works. You know, it's just hard to figure out which one works. But um, yeah, I'm glad that... Um, you, you, you're getting the message, so that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're trying to attract people to become instructors, but you're actually attracting an instructor that wants you to come on his podcast. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I love your podcast. It's been it's been really great listening to it. I've just done a, a bit of a road trip coming back from Cairns down to the Sunshine Coast and listened to the last two episodes on that, which, uh, yeah, great entertainment. Happy days. How long did the drive take you? That must have been quite some time. Oh, look, you can do it in two days, but you end up like a zombie. I did it in three days. Um, I went to Cairns, Townsville. I've got some friends down there. Um, and then Townsville, Rockhampton, and then Rocky um, down to the Sunshine Coast. Arrived here two o'clock this afternoon. And um, yeah, no time to waste. And here we are. Yeah. And you're ready to get this done and go to bed a bit in knackered. Um, let's, let's wind it back a little bit. I mean, we're, we're going to say all about what you do and the, the, the amazing work you do, but what, you know, I, I mentioned briefly that, uh, you started at 16 years old, but how, how did you first, uh, get into having a go at diving? Well, I was, I was really lucky with my childhood that, um, when I was about 10, my parents decided to leave Germany and move to the Caribbean, um, to an island called the Dominican Republic. And, um, you know, being 10 at the time, I had no option but to to follow them along. Yeah. And that's where I grew up. And um, I um, first, my first introduction to diving was with a Canadian dive instructor. He had a little company called Dive with Dan. And um, he used my parents' pool. We had a small motel and um, he used the pool. And, and that's where I started first. And then did nothing for a couple of years until <clears throat> there was um, my brother, actually, who, who got into diving, mm. who's a bit older than me. And I, I started doing dive courses and um, um, did my actual open water course. Um, and then just dove, no further education, just kept on diving and diving. And um, at the age of 16 or so, uh, my parents decided that I should get some sort of an education and shipped me off to a boarding school in Canada. Um, I left the Dominican Republic in December. It was 30 degrees, beautiful sunshine, nice and warm. Everybody was happy yeah. and arrived in Montreal. It was minus 30 degrees and everything <laughs> was gray and horrible and everybody was unhappy. Um but um, on the school holidays, going backwards and forwards, I, I had a I had a friend who um, decided to open a dive shop in Costa Rica, and I uh, flew down there on school holidays and did most of my um, further training with him, like the advanced, the rescue, and and then the dive master. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, after after finishing high school in Canada and four years of university, um, um, as the story always goes, I met a girl. She happened to be Australian. Um, and that's how I ended up in Australia and um, did my instructor course um, in Rockhampton with the legendary course director, Tony Fonts, um, who has probably certified more instructors in Australia than, than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was a really, really, really inspirational person. And um, yeah, 1993, that was pre-internet. So um, went off to the Rockhampton post office, looked at the yellow pages a dive company in Cairns had the biggest ad and off I went and gave them a call yeah. and uh, said, brand new dive instructor, really, really keen. <laughs> they said, um, yeah, you and 20 other people standing outside the door. <laughs> yeah. And I said, uh, well, I, I do speak German. And then they said, when can you start? <laughs> um, so that was my foot into the door. Um, uh, was a course instructor for them for, for a number of years. And then, um, 
went on to working on the boats as a trip director on the boats or dive supervisor on the boats. Um, got my sea time, did my skipper's ticket, and um, then probably for the last four years that I worked for that company, I did all their sales and marketing. So hmm. was fortunate enough to fly around the world and promote diving at the Great Barrier Reef and the company that I worked for, as well as um, you know going to great dive shows and meeting lots of really interesting people along the way. Yeah. It sounds like a terrible job. Oh, horrible job, horrible job. And um, it was so horrible that um, I actually did end up leaving the dive industry. No, not because it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my ex-wife, uh, she trained racehorses as a hobby up in Cairns and um, that really didn't go anywhere and she wanted to do it professionally. So we moved down to Brisbane and left the dive industry completely and um, ended up um, on the land in agriculture, ended up managing a stock feed mill on the Sunshine Coast, manufacturing chook feed, cattle feed, all those sort of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and um, a bit of a difference. Yeah, very different, very different. But it was really interesting for me because it gave me lots of um, experience outside of the diving industry, which I was able to now apply into my own business. And um, <clears throat> then about four years ago, I was made redundant. And my old boss from the original dive school that I worked for, he um, started up an operation in Port Douglas and mm-hmm. built a brand new boat, which he um, brought into the into the marketplace. And um, we were talking and... I didn't have a job and I could move to Port Douglas and work in the dive industry. So it wasn't really very a hard decision to make. Off I went and uh, moved to beautiful Port Douglas and um, managed, managed the dive operation there, which was great. Um, hiring brand new set of staff, you know, and um, working with some of the existing crew from Cairns that came up and gave us a, a, a hand. This, this is, this is Divers Den, right? This is Divers Den. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, four yeah. years ago. That's right, yeah. yeah. You, so the boat that you, we uh, you, moved into Port Douglas was called Aqua Quest. Yeah. Do you know, you must know Luke Murphy then. Of course I know Luke Murphy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shall we do an entire segment on Luke Murphy? Oh, no. It's, was, it the, was it the Aqua Quest boat that he did the... Um, did like a little music rendition as a pirate, gangster, so rapper that was, kind of that, thing? That, that, is, that is its um, sister ship called Reef Quest. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, um, the, that's where the, the, the briefing video came from, which is available on YouTube. If you, if you, if you Google, uh, Divers Den or Reef Quest safety video, it is, it is quite, quite, quite a video. Mate, I'm going to put it in the show notes. It just makes me laugh all the time. He's, he's an absolute legend, that boy. (laughs) Yeah. And the entire, the entire cast of that particular safety video are not professional actors. They are just all crew that yeah. love their jobs. And, and that's what's so great about the dive industry. Yeah. Well, I, I used to work with, um, with uh, Luke in Thailand. He came, and okay. did his, he came and did his instructor training at the dive center I was working at. And oh, I taught his, his other half, Joe. Yes. Um, I, I did her uh, advanced training. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then she went on to the DM with us. Yeah, it was a very small world. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what's so great about the dive industry, you know. Like, you, you it's amazing how many contacts there are. And, and I mean, even the way you and I um, met, you know. I mean, we've never actually met in person, but I was on um, planning a trip to Komodo before coronavirus yeah. and, um, you know, put out on a Facebook dive group um, a post recommendations and, and you popped up, obviously, because of your – previous um business that you are running that um that um be- before coronavirus your 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 business of taking groups all over the world mm. so uh, yeah there we go yeah and that's that's the great thing about the, the dive industry i love the way it, it networks and it works together you know if, if you spend a, a couple of years in it as a dive pro then if you don't know the person directly you're going to know someone that's worked with that person you're talking about it's it's so small but at the same time it's it just covers the entire globe. I think it's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I'm pretty sure that I could couch surf the world for the next two or three years once the borders open again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me both, mate. Yeah, yeah. Take a bag with me, regs in, and I'm away. <laughs> but exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So now you've you've moved from you've moved from Cairns and you've come down to the sunny coast. Yep. And you're going to base there for a while now. Yeah, um, unfortunately, due to um, COVID, um, Cairns and Port Douglas is is really suffering, and 
shout out to all Australians if you can, you know, spend your holidays, spend them in Australia, go travel, see your own backyard. Um, unfortunately, Cairns and Port Douglas doesn't have a big metropolitan city mm. attached to it where, where, where you know, um, it can draw customers out of. And that international travel really was the base for all their customers. Yeah. And, and at the moment, it's, yeah, school holidays, very, very busy, um, in between, very, very quiet. Yeah, and, I think um, people are still scared about crossing the borders, aren't they? There's a, there's a lot of apprehension. Of uh, course there is. You know, what happens if, you know, something happens and they shut even a domestic border again? Can you get back in? Do you have to quarantine? All those yeah. sort of things, for sure, for yeah. sure. But, yeah, um, so I um, I have my own company called Dive Instructor Academy, and um, I did my course director's course about three years ago, and I'm now down on the Sunshine Coast working with um, Sunreef um, down here and um, teaching instructor courses, which um, we did a, our first program uh, a couple of weeks ago, and our next one is at the end of um, April. Um, and yeah, it's all, it's all going really, really well. And I'm really, really excited. I mean, we, we start our instructor development program, not in a classroom. We go diving on the HMS Brisbane on the first day, which is just, I mean, how cool is that? You oh, know, no, starting right. off your I saw that. IDC I saw with that a dive on a wreck. I was like, oh, that's, it's a, it's a nightmare way to start a course, eh? <laughs> it's, it's some amazing diving. Now you can sit in the classroom for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, and, um, so where are your uh, candidates coming from? Are they coming from all over Australia or are you finding it's more within the local vicinity? But the first program that we ran, um, it was it was local. I think there was, um, let me think now, there was three from the Sunshine Coast, um, one from um, who worked at Tangaluma and one girl that um, worked on the Gold Coast. Mm. And um, on this next program, um, there is a lady from South Australia flying up. There is um, a lady from, where is Jetty Dive? Down there. Oh, that's, that's down south as well, isn't it? That's oh, down in south fact, in New uh, South Wales. New South Wales, yeah. New South Wales, yeah. So she's coming up from there. And, and, and then there's about three or four candidates from uh, uh, Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. So, um, yeah, Australia-wide. We haven't had anybody from WA yet, maybe mm-hmm. a bit far, but... Um, for sure, it's it's um it's it's a great it's a great location and it's beautiful and you know yeah. Mate, with your enthusiasm, it won't be long until you've got people knocking at the door and you can't you can't take them. They'll be queuing up. Uh, well, that's a that's a horrible problem to have. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, um, one thing I did want to ask about on a on a, a slightly more serious note because you're a course director and all that. Um, last week's episode, you you, you heard it yourself. I was speaking to Gareth Locke. And I'd be keen to hear what your opinion would be on, I know it's very difficult because of what human factors is and what a Paddy um, instructor development course is, but do you think there is room for human factors within an IDC? There is always room for for extra training and um, and, and adding extra things into the curriculum for sure. And um, I mean, as course directors, we we have a curriculum to follow, and we have to do you know certain things in order to make sure that according to the educational system, the training agency puts out, we have ticked all the boxes. Mm. Um, <clears throat> some programs are seven days. Some programs are 10 days. Some programs are, you know, longer. I run a 12 day program. So, Mm. you know, um, you, you can add other things into the programs in, in order to make it a better, better thing. And, and, and you can do that within the guidelines of the curriculum that the training agency provides you with. You mm. just elaborate and go further to, you know, um, elaborate further to whatever you want to include it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, for sure, I, I, I believe that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's our responsibility just not to, not to just churn out instructors, but to churn, to, 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 to bring people into the industry with the best possible knowledge um, in order to create great divers. You mm. know. Listening to the podcast <clears throat> uh, last week that you that that was put out, I, I believe that yeah, there's there's a really fine balance of at the end of the day, this is a great industry to be in, 
but at the end of the day, I still have to buy groceries and pay rent. Mm, yeah. you know? So, you know, you, 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 have, you have open water courses, which are done in three days and they tick the boxes and you've got your open water certification. Mm. And, and I remember vividly um, hearing, you know, that you are trained to the conditions in which you are trained in. So mm. if you've learned to dive, for example, you know, somewhere in, on the Great Barrier Reef with 20 meter visibility and it's, it happened to be a beautiful, calm weekend when you did all your training and then all of a sudden you go to, say, um, diving somewhere else along the coast, whether it be the Yongala or here the HMS Brisbane or in New South Wales or in Victoria where conditions are vastly different. Mm. That's where us as instructors have that responsibility really to instill into their students that if you're not trained in that particular environment get an orientation dive with somebody you know get mm. get the experience in order to dive that area safely yeah um we get regularly clients on on the dive boats out of cairns and port douglas who you know come up and they haven't dived in five or six years and that's when they did their open water course and they come on and and want to go diving you know without haven't done that refresher course. And it's such a vital and important thing for, for certified divers to understand that, yeah, I've, I've done my training, but if I haven't dived in five years, then I shouldn't just jump on a boat and go for a dive. I should probably do the refresher just like we tell you to mm. in that training initially. I mean, if you're comparing it to somebody who learns to drive a car, my daughter is, uh, is about to go for her um, driver's license. God help us. <laughs> but, you know, um, these it, it's the same thing there. If, if you have somebody who's just learned to drive a car and then doesn't drive a car for three years, you know, putting them behind a wheel, being allowed to drive 100 kilometres down the road is going to be a very risky activity. Yeah. And anybody who's saying that diving is not a risky activity is not really portraying the truth. It is risky, but it is safe as long as we follow the guidelines that we've put in place from the training agencies where you've learned to dive with. Yeah, I 100% agree. But I also think that there should be more emphasis right from the word go on safety and repetition. And the thing I like about having done a few IDCs and ITs, IEs, um, over the years, I like the repetition. I think repetition is something that creates um, the element to be able to respond straight away without having to think about it. And that, as a diver, is is paramount. For sure. For sure, absolutely. And, and um, you know, I... I I myself, and I certainly encourage any instructor that when you certify that open water student, you know, to encourage them, go diving, get that experience. Mm. You've done four training dives with me basically guiding you and making sure that you're okay. You know, your first dive by yourself with another buddy mm. is going to be, um, you know, you're responsible for everything, all the planning. You know, you have this license which allows you to jump in the water off the beach, rent a tank and go diving. But it's important that you you do follow all the procedures and, 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 and get that experience in order to become responsible and become proficient in, in the diving industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even... A, it's, it, it's not even proficiency for the diving industry. It's, it's the safety of the individual, isn't it? Um, I, I, I just, it, it, it grates me when I get on a boat or I'll go diving somewhere and you just see like the blasé kind of attitude and the lack of knowledge. And then you get under the water and everybody's got a camera nowadays, so it gets even worse. Um, and I know there's not a lot that the, the training agencies can do to enforce making repetition of skills you know um a requirement but i think there's a lot more that can be done right at the base level right from the word go on the emphasis and then it's re-emphasized on every course that's that's um that's achieved and that way that becomes second nature in itself that people um, have it in their head that they've got to do something that's a repetition that's something that is going to keep that safety there and get rid of this 
ridiculous notion of people jumping in. I'd, I'm going off on a bit of a rant here, but um, <laughs> I had two, two good friends contact me maybe 30 minutes before we jumped online. Uh, and they're living in Bali, which is yep. clearly torture for them right now. But um, they're like, uh, we've just been offered a, a ridiculous price to go on a boat in Rajarampat for 11 days and four dives a day. Um, do you think it's a good thing we should do? I said, yeah, it's a great place to go. But have you learned to dive yet? No. Okay, so you might need to get your license first and then maybe not think about Rajarampat because it might be a little bit difficult for your skills. <laughs> um, thankfully, I'll put him in touch with Jace over on Newsom Panita. Go and do your course and do some fun diving. Get some repetition. Get some skills. Get some some safety be- behind you before you go and challenge something like Rajarampat. Um, but yeah, there you go. I'm going off on a tangent again, but there we go. We'll come back in now. No, but look, I, under, I understand what you're saying, I think, you know, and, and I think it's it's the the whole adventure industry and scuba diving is part of that adventure industry um, has made it incredibly easy for someone to, you know, do a dive course and go diving in some incredible, amazing places, you know. Mm. Um, and, and then it, I think it back boils down to the dive operators themselves because once the customer is certified, the training agency really has has no overarching control over somebody who's just going on a on a on a, on a fun dive. You yeah. know, and that's where it then comes down to the operators to run a very safe operation and and looking at their clientele and saying, all right, these people are really, really confident and comfortable and competent and um you know versus these guys are not and they're going to be the ones that i'm really going to have to look out for um i i was working for another company up in in port douglas that you know if you go diving with them it doesn't matter who you are you have to go guided no yeah. ifs no buts um, their sister company would have staff that come up and they would be instructors teaching with their sister company, they would not be allowed to go unguided. You know, that's just a blanket rule they have. Um, you know, uh, yeah. So a, a lot of it comes then back to the operators to make to ensure that that safety is followed. And I think that's where in Australia we we are so incredibly lucky that we have you know an overarching uh, code of conduct um, um, that that ensures that we operate safely you know it does make things more expensive because on the boats you need a safety surface watch etc etc you know um but it 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 makes diving certainly in australia an incredibly safe activity afterwards Um, i kind of agree and i kind of disagree as well yeah because i feel for the operators because they're the ones that are stuck in the middle so they're trying to create a reasonable price that people are willing to pay to go on their boats Mm. but at the same time that price is that low that they're having to put more people on the boat therefore the boats are getting pretty damn crammed and the dive guide to customer ratio um tends to be pretty big yeah it's it's usually eight to one yeah yeah and for sure there's no way i mean i'm i'm a pretty good instructor i like to believe i am uh, and you clearly are as well, but there's no way on God's green earth are we going to be able to control eight divers in the water at once and provide a good level of customer care. Yep, you're, you're, you're correct with that. There, yeah. there's, there is, and, and, you know, you see it, it just, it just really comes down to the makeup of the group that you end up with as an instructor on that day that you're guiding around as a, as, as a certified um, dive guide. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I look. I don't know what the answer is. I think. I think you're right. There should be more emphasis in the training side of things on ensuring that putting some of that responsibility back onto the actual students to ensure that you know, if I haven't dived in that environment, I get some training in that environment, mm. or if I haven't dived in, you know, two years. 12 months, six months, whatever it is, depending on your comfort level. I mean, look, if I haven't dived in 12 months, do I need to do a refresher course? No. Somebody who hasn't dived in 12 months, who's just done their open water course, for sure should do a refresher course. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it, yeah. I mean it, it just needs to change a lot at the bottom, I think. And, um, you know, I've, I've been um, responsible for it in the past, and, you know, you, you sell and, hey, 
do four four days with us, three days with us. You get four dives, and you can dive anywhere in the world. Boom. Mm. Um, and it, well, I'm not going to labour the point, but um, yeah, we need to try and find some changes somehow to make it work. And I don't know whether that's to do it uh, locally. And like you say, the agencies themselves they can't be responsible for it because once they're post or once the people are post training, then they're no not really the responsibility of the training agency anymore, are they? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's like learning how to drive a car. You know, the driving instructor teaches your son or your daughter how to drive a car, but you know, it's not once they have done and deemed them competent enough to go and pass their driver's test. Yeah. It's not. It's not really back yeah. to left. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, just uh, yeah, getting onto a bit of a lighter note. Tell me about the um, your little trip. I mean, I, I, to, to give everyone who's listening, I, I got kind of um, engrossed in this thing where you know I'll let Kai tell the story. But going from point A to point B and back again, and the adventures along the way, I need to hear it from you firsthand, dude. Yeah, well, the uh, the little trip is probably the one um, you're referring to when I decided to um, go to Mexico in the middle of a pandemic chasing a job. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it all actually started in about <clears throat> uh, October or November 2019. I saw an advert on a Facebook page um, looking for a course director in Mexico who is um, able to speak German and Spanish. and. I thought, well, gee, that sounds like me. I am German. I speak German. Growing up in the Dominican Republic, I'm fluent in Spanish. And um, look, I I didn't really put much effort into it. I I just sent my resume off and and never heard from them. COVID came along. Everything was shut down. And in about August 2020, um, that company contacted me and was wondering whether or not I'd still be interested in the job. And... um, you know, being up in Cairns and Port Douglas and, and things had really quietened down, <clears throat> um, I thought to myself, well, you know, even if you give this a go for six months or 12 months, what could the worst be? And, and I said, yeah, I'm sure I'm interested. So um, we we came to an agreement and um, then the first hurdle was as well, how do I even get out of Australia because you're not allowed to leave Australia? So I applied to the government and because I had a, a, a job offer and I was planning on leaving for a significant time, I I got permission to leave the country. So that was the first tick. Then I thought to myself, well, how do you get to Mexico in the middle of a pandemic? And um, went to your, get your little road. Your, <laughs> <laughs> went to um, your local um, travel agent and he sort of laughed at me when I told him I want to go to Mexico. And then five minutes later, he said, I don't understand why this is so easy. There is a direct flight from Cairns to Sydney and then Sydney, San Francisco and San Francisco, Cancun, and these flights operate every single day. I said, hmm, okay. okay. And uh, it wasn't too expensive either. So, um, yeah, I decided to um, quit my middle management job in a, in a very prominent dive operation in Port Douglas and, um, you know, um, sacrifice my JobKeeper payment and sell my worldly possessions and and and... Um, at the age of 49, was able to cram everything that I own in three suitcases. One of them was dive gear, another bag was my camera gear, and one bag was clothes. So, and off I went to uh, to Mexico. And um, yeah, look, Mexico. Um, it was a real eye opener for me. Um, obviously, I, yeah. I, of course, I was conscious of the fact that you know coronavirus is is far more advanced or, or rampant over there than what it is in Australia. But um, I, I didn't realize to what extent it would affect me personally. Um, you know, I have no problems wearing a mask, but having to wear that mask constantly. You know, being in a restaurant and wondering whether or not the cook has COVID and whether you're not going to get sick of eating this meal. Mm. Um, well, long story short, I, I, I realized that, uh, you know, I have two daughters who um, they're very, very keen for me to move to Mexico so that they could come and visit and go diving in some of these amazing places. Um, but realizing, too, that, you know, they probably can't come and visit for another 12 months, two years, quite potentially. And um, the the economic situation down there was was yeah not as 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 good as what I had um, believed it would be the 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 being hit in the face with coronavirus, you know, and, and trying to adapt. And I think because people 
have become accustomed to it in America or, or in Mexico or in Europe, you know, that they're dealing it probably very differently to me, who's just arrived from Australia where we live like nothing's happening. Mm. Um, and um, so I very quickly realized that um, I should, if I can, move back to Australia. Um, and I, 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 um, I was dealing a little bit with, you know, panic and, and, and anxiety and thinking, you know, my God, what have you done? So I looked and, 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 and there were three flights left. There was one tomorrow, the next day and the day after. And um, the company who, um, who employed me, I, I have to say they were, they were nothing but brilliant. They really understood and, um, you know, accepted the fact that this was a bad decision on my behalf and, and they were incredible and, and helped me out. <clears throat> so um, I, um, yeah, somehow, and I, I, I hope I, I'm not going to get hate mail from 40,000 Australians who are trying to return to Australia and can't because flights get cancelled. I somehow lucked out. I booked a flight online from Mexico and I was never bumped. And I flew from Mexico to Washington, Washington, San Francisco, San Francisco to, to back to Sydney. And, and, and I really feel for everybody who's out there trying to get back home, um, you know, the situations that you're in. And, and I have to say, I was just lucky. Yeah. Um, that, that yeah. I managed to do it. It's probably easier to get you on a flight as well because you're just one man as opposed to a couple or a family. Potentially, yes. Potentially, that is that is the case as well, yes. So, um, yeah, and, and then the fun really started because um, I'm in quarantine and after, you know, you, you check in and <laughs> I remember we, uh, we were in a five-star hotel and upon check-in they said to us, uh, would you like to upgrade to a room with a balcony? And I thought, oh, yeah, that would be quite nice because I'm going to be in for two weeks. And they said, well, that's an extra $300. I said, okay, well, $300 for two weeks, that's all right. No, 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 that's $300 a night. Get out of it. Extra for the upgrade for a room with a balcony otherwise <laughs> your, your your window does not open i said well no that's more than the quarantine itself and um, i i am a dive instructor so we all know what the <laughs> wages are and so um i decided against that and then you um on the first day you get a um a coronavirus test where they shove something up your nose and tickle your brain mm-hmm. and um a couple of days later i was starting not to feel all that great and i'm thinking to myself hmm this doesn't look very good and of course the test came back positive so yeah here i am um after having returned from being in mexico for five days and i was so careful i was so incredibly careful i have no idea how i caught it but yeah i ended up positive you were you were only there for the five days i was in mexico for five days yes so you're lucky to get a flight but you shit out of luck when it comes to catching the disease eh yeah, and I think maybe, you know, look, the flights the flights to and from Australia, there was maybe 40 people on the flight, so I don't think I got it there. But the internal flights in Mexico, throughout America, throughout the US, yeah. they were full, you know, yeah. and, and I'd suggest possibly there. I, I really don't know. I've tried to figure it out, but no idea. And, uh, yeah, and then I had all sorts of um, really horrible um, thoughts about, you know, what's going to happen to me and, you know, ventilators and... Yeah. Um, what you sort of see in the media and and it was it was really frightening and um so then they move you from the the hotel that you checked in to what they call the hospital hotel and that's where all the positive cases are and um lucky in the positive in, in the in the in the hospital hotel that that it was uh, a, an apartment hotel and it did actually have a balcony so i never had to pay the upgrade <laughs> i got the balcony for free but um the cost was coronavirus yeah um yeah, and um, there was there was a couple of people who I'd, I'd love to give a shout out who were really instrumental in me getting through this, and one of them is Bridget Yeager, who used to work for Patty, um, and um, she I was talking to her and and um, telling her how horrible the food was. And she was a gem. She lives in Sydney. She made me home-cooked meals and dropped them off at reception for me. And, um, you know, legendary. Absolutely. Bridget, thank you. And the other person is, is, is Dr. Kathy Meehan. Um, she um, is a, a dive doctor from Cairns and has been my doctor for as long as I remember. And she, she was, of course, very excited to have a diver who is positive. So, you know, she can find out what it's all about. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she called me every single day and also just for my mental stability and mental health um, got me through this. And, and so really much so shout out for those two amazing individuals getting me through this. But the interesting thing was that um, I, um, I said to New South Wales Health, okay, so when are we doing my, my next test? And they said, well, no, there is no more tests. And I said, but, but how does this work? I, I need a test, a negative test to get back into Queensland. And they said, well, no, because once you're positive, we don't test you anymore. After 14 days, if you don't show any signs or symptoms for three days after those 14 days, we let you go. Without a test? without a test. And I said, but I need a test. And they said, well, we don't give you a test. Anyways, we're backwards and forwards. Eventually they said, the reason we don't give you another test is because you can test positive for up to six or eight weeks later. Right. You're no longer contagious, but you're still positive. You will still return a positive test. And how do, and they, so, how do they know that you're not contagious then? Look, uh, I'm, I'm a dive instructor, not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, somehow it's the incubation period after 14 days, three days later, if no signs and symptoms, you're no longer contagious. Okay. You know, that's, that's what they tell me. And, uh, and yeah, so, um, and they said, well, and the other thing is, you know, if we, if we do give you a test and you do turn positive, we don't really know if we can release you or not. So anyway, um, in my most I am German diplomatic way that I can possibly be with another government authority. Um, <laughs> we argued backwards and forwards and um, they did end up giving me another test. Um, that was after three weeks in quarantine. Um, they did give me another test and that test became negative. Okay. And I thought, hallelujah. Great. Because the rules were, if you have a negative test, you can drive to the airport in special transport, hop on a plane, fly to Brisbane. Mm. But, of course, um, with my luck, um, that's the day that Queensland Health changed the rules. Mm-hmm. And so if you were positive and tested negative, now you needed to wait another two weeks um, <laughs> and give them another negative test before being able to enter Queensland. It's like, oh, my God. So, um, yeah, I ended up, I said, well, you know, I, I checked out of um, my beautiful apartment hotel in, in Sydney and... Um, and bought myself a, a, a car. Uh, a friend of mine had an old car for sale that he wanted to get rid of, and uh, it was a two thousand um, dollar little investment, which was great. It didn't last all the way, so that, that's a whole other story for another episode. But um, I, I basically drove up to the border, took my time, called in, of course, as you do every single dive shop along the way, yeah. and, and I think that's the Facebook following that that you, that you did and saw yeah, where yeah. where I was and, and all the amazing places. <laughs> and and what was amazing was that all the dive shops along the way were incredibly busy. I, I remember mm. being at. Um, at Fish Rock, and they said, if you want to go diving with us, there's a two-week waiting list. Oh. So this is this is amazing, you know. Yeah. So it was so great to see that that the the dive industry that was capable of drawing out um, clients from you know the, the larger metropolitan cities were actually really really busy. And 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 speaking to um, one of the training agency, well, the one I'm affiliated with, mm. um, they they saying that you know they've had. Um, not a drop, but actually a rise in certifications, um, um, which, which is great to see because mm. you know Australians are diving at home and doing courses at home, which is which is brilliant. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, then um, decided um, after two weeks, another test crossed the border and had all my paperwork in place. And it was really disappointed when the police officer just waved me through, didn't even look at anything. <laughs> <laughs> And um, on my way, stopped um, again at dive shops along the Brisbane and Gold Coast and, and Sunshine Coast and, and Harvey Bay and, and had another meeting with the guys at Sun Reef. And that's really when the relationship developed of doing instructor courses up there because mm. there, was, there was no one doing them in, on the Sunshine Coast as such. Mm. But, um, but further on to coronavirus and diving, of course, the next thing I had to do was, was a dive medical. Yeah. And... Um, um, again, a bit apprehensive about the whole thing because I, I felt perfectly fine. Um, uh, the first day there was a tightening in the chest, and um, but other than that, it just felt as if you had a bit of a chest cold and if it wasn't for a pandemic, you'd go to work. 
Having said that, um, when I was um, in quarantine, lying on the couch watching TV and with nothing else to do but, but lie there, resting heart rate was up to 145 beats per minute. 145? 145 beats per minute lying on the couch. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, you know, there's finite number of heartbeats this thing has. Slow down. <laughs> He shaved um, a few minutes off the off the back. Yeah, end exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. By the time I got released, we were down to probably about eighty to ninety um, beats per minute, and and now it's perfectly normal. And was this with this high heart rate? Was it like consistent, or was it fluctuating? No, it was consistent. That's what it was. Wow, that's what it was. Yeah, and and I didn't even feel it. Like you know, when you're when you're running or exercising, you you can feel your heartbeat. I, mm. I, I wasn't aware of it until. They come and see you twice a day and check your blood pressure and heartbeat and heart rate. Sorry, and and that's how I was aware of it. So yeah, bloody hell. Um, yeah, and then so dive medical um, lung X-rays came back completely clean. I was like, oh, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Somebody's watching over me finally. Um, but interestingly enough, and and anybody who's who's done a professional dive medical before would have would, knows what a spirometry test is. It's basically like a uh, a hairdryer you blow into that that measures how much you can actually exhale mm-hmm. and and it's and my my results all my life were were very very constant and and this time around it was actually seven percent less than last year okay. so there there is there is certainly some damage you know and and whether or not that is going to now be the way it is for the rest of my diving career or, or, or I am healthy. I don't smoke. I, I do exercise every so often, mm. um, you know, whether or not that is going to repair itself. Well, we'll, 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 we'll find out. Mm. The interesting thing of all that is that the average person doesn't have that benchmark test of a spirometry. And, and if they catch coronavirus, you know, they, they probably don't do a, a dive medical as such and, and, and don't, wouldn't realize that there was some underlying damage potentially done. So yeah, yeah. I am, I am very, very glad that we, we have the very strict restrictions we have in this country. And, mm. and, you know, certainly our industry, the tourism industry, the dive industry has suffered tremendously in it, but look at how we live. You know, yeah. We, we walk around as if nothing happens, you know, we walk around in shopping centers. Most of us have jobs and can go to work, you know, and, and it really doesn't affect us so much in comparison to people in in the States, in Europe and the rest of the world. I yeah. think we are, we are very, very lucky the way it's been handled over here. I th- well, I think, I think it's down to the Australian people, the population. Oh, uh, for when, sure. When the, when the government, I mean, it's as much of a pain in the ass it's been, when the government has said, you know, masks on buses and trains or stay at home, you've got a lockdown, social distance. People have done it. Mm. Quite yeah. simply, they've just done it. And yeah. it's worked. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. For sure. Without going down the rabbit hole of the existence of coronavirus or that kind of thing. So. Oh, and if 5G is actually causing it and tinfoil had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So just, just, going, just going back to, you know, your, your stint with the coronavirus. So you, you, how long did you feel as though you were, you know, suffering from a cold or flu-like symptoms. How long did it, you know, until you thought, right, I'm, I'm good to go? It was, it was a good two, two weeks. It was a good full two weeks, okay. yeah. Um, and and, I, and I, nev- I never got any of the, the symptoms that, that you hear of, of loss of taste and loss of smell, hmm. maybe because the food was so bad in the quarantine <laughs> hotel, I'm not sure. But uh, there are Facebook groups specifically for people in quarantine. And you know what we did on those Facebook groups all day long is we compared what we got fed and took photos of it <laughs> and showed each other. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i yeah the first two days um um i didn't feel very very good at all um and after that it was a chest cold you know i mm. never had a fever never lost taste or smell and 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 um but yeah it, it it lingered around for a good two weeks and and um other than other than the 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 high heart rate and and what it does to your head um, you know, being locked away in a room, mm. you can't go anywhere, um, was, was tough. It was really tough doing quarantine for three weeks. Mm. Um, 
but in the big scheme of things, certainly worth it in, in order to be able to live the way we live. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy days. Well, I'm glad you're over it, Chief. Oh, and so am I, and so am I. You know, I'm glad that there, there's there's other people, you know, obviously who uh, I was talking to my doctor and, and she she knows of, of somebody who is similar age to me who lives in America. He was very much into tech diving and he ended up in a respirator and can never dive again and has to, you know, swallow six pills every day for the rest of his life. Uh, really? You know, so... Yeah, I, I was I was I was very very lucky with with regards to being able to come back to Australia, and even though I've got coronavirus, um, that I'm healthy and 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 all is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine never being able to dive again. Oh, oh it, that's that's up there as one of my worst fears. Yeah, for sure. You know? um, for sure. There's an old boy actually. Um, I was whenever we get on this kind of subject, I always think of him. His, his name's Smoothie. Uh, and he is a smoothie when the when the women are around. But he's um, <laughs> he's what eighty eighty five, maybe eighty six. But he goes back to Thailand every year um, just to get a tick in the box to say that he can continue teaching the kids in the pools uh, back in the UK. Uh, he he's been diving fifty nine years, I think it is thirty odd years as a police diver. But now that he's of the old age, he just sits in the pool and teaches basic skills for the for the kids. Yeah, but he has yeah. to get certified. And yeah. every year, uh, I'm thinking back to a couple of years ago when I was out there, every year he'd come back and, yeah, this is definitely my last year. I can't do it anymore. I'm getting too old. But I'm going to miss it. And sure enough, 364 days later, Smoothie will rock up on the rock and, yeah, just one more year. <laughs> just one more year, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, and it's it's... Because it is such a great industry, you know, and, and, and um, um, certainly for somebody like that, you know, being able to continue to do it, which, um, you know, the, the, the whole experience has, um, you know, created havoc, obviously, in the dive industry in Australia with jobs and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, it's, it's great to see that um, Domestically, the, the smaller operators that are attached to a, a larger metropolitan city are actually doing really, really well, um, you know, mm. and, and there are jobs in the dive industry available. Um, um, I have just gotten two candidates um, who did their IDC with me uh, last year, a job on an island in of the, of the coast of Queensland. Mm. They're working off there and... and all the people on the on the last instructor course that I did at Sunreef um, have either come from positions where they were dive masters and working at dive masters and upskilled themselves to instructors so that mm. they can, you know, be more employable and useful to that particular dive center. Mm. And um, yeah, there are jobs around. It's not like what it used to be, and it's certainly you know Southeast Asia and the rest of the world is, is really suffering because there are no jobs hit there. But certainly in Australia. Um, if you go away from those major tourist hops such as Cairns and Port um, and, and look for work as a dive instructor, um, if, if, you, if, you, um, if you look, you, you, you can find employment for sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I think it's a great time to do the, the training, especially yeah. if you're thinking about stepping up and, and becoming an instructor because, you know, years ago when I did it, there was a gazillion instructors. So you're always fighting for the jobs mm. and trying to prove yourself. But the way the world is at the moment, we're just, everybody's just waiting for the doors to open. And I think there's going to be a mass exodus from all the countries to all the other countries, just because people want the freedom to be able to travel again. So there's going to be all of a sudden, a lot of people rocking up at resorts that want to go diving. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Mm. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. It's, um, um, Tourism will open up again internationally when that is, and 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 you know there's all sorts of things about the vaccine and how that is going to open the doors, and 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 I hope it does. And um, yeah, and 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 it might be another twelve months time, but yeah, I agree with you. I think um, you know if you want to be in this industry, and um, you know whether you are an open water diver today and you're thinking, you know, I might want to become an instructor one day, start doing your courses now, you know, do your advanced course, do your rescue course, because um, the more training you have, the, 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 the better you will um, be employed 
or the, the easier it will be for you to be to become employed and further down the track. And, and then when you get down to the professional levels, you know, dive master course, you know, if you've always thought about it, you know, if you have, you know, whether can you do it part-time or full-time, take time off. If you're not working, you know, talk to your local dive centers. They might put in a payment plan for you, you know, um, and, and the same thing for the instructor course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And anyone who's considering doing the IDC, um, can clearly hit you up and you can sort them out with a cheap oh, little trip up to the sunny coast. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we would we would love to. Uh, we, we're running five instructor development courses per year now as a minimum on the Sunshine Coast. Um, the next one starts at the end of um, April. And, um, uh, yeah, look, with, with, without making this a commercial about myself, um, yeah, please, by all means, hit me up, um, diveinstructor.com.au. Mm. Uh, very easy website to remember, diveinstructor.com.au. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and um, send me an email. And, and, you know, whether you're a dive master looking at becoming an instructor, whether you're certified as open water and have nothing and you want to know what is the path to get there or whether you're already a dive instructor and looking at, you know, master scuba diver trainer rating or staff instructor rating, so on and so forth. Yeah, please, um, would love to help you out and be in touch with you. Mm. And what's your um, what's the long range goals for the Dive Instructor Academy? The long range goals is I would I would love to see um, you know certainly uh, Cairns and Port Douglas come back up and being able to to operate a, a couple of instructor development courses out of there as well. Um, I think that will take some time, but I would love to see, you know, working with the guys at Sun Reef to make it um, one of the premier destinations to do your instructor course. We we do include other aspects or, you know, we were talking about, you know, further training and not mm-hmm. just ticking the boxes. I include lots of other things in the instructor development course um, that are outside of the uh, Paddy uh, curriculum mm-hmm. and, and, and they don't, they don't have anything to do with the instructor development course, but I think they're really, really great, um, really, really great knowledge for you to become more employable. Um, one of the things I, I worked with a marine biologist and we put a marine life knowledge course together, <clears throat> which is 14 modules, everything from, you know, how coral is formed, what is coral, different um, keystone species of, of aquatic and water environments and animals um, and covers a plethora of knowledge because one of the things that um, unfortunately is lacking is marine life knowledge throughout the training agency, certainly that I'm familiar with. You Definitely. Know, if, 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 you did, if you didn't do fish ID in your advanced course, um, you can go all the way to course director and never really gain any knowledge through the training agencies about marine life. And, and, and here you are now an instructor. You know, the instructor is – somebody who needs to have that knowledge you know somebody comes along and asks you a question what is this what is that how does that work or how how does coral work what is coral you know what is bleaching what's happening they need to have a baseline understanding so we we include that um i also include um other aspects of of um, the industry such as we we go over for example how to price a dive course how to you know what a margin is what mm. discounts do to you you know we are, so are you're, having a- you're actually giving them a, a bit of business acumen as well as the social and professional skills required to do the job they're going to do exactly exactly i i i hope that the, the 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 candidates that that graduate from dive instructor academy come out and they are um, very, very well trained, not just in, you know, what they have to do in order to be able to teach scuba diving, but also have some business knowledge, marine life knowledge. Um, we're in the midst of, of, of developing a, a dive center management course, which will um, cover things, simple things. You know, I'm not talking about how to take a compressor apart and service it and build it back together again, but how to change a filter in a compressor, you know, the fact that there is silica and charcoal in there and some felt filters. Most people have never seen that, you know, so we, we aim to include real life knowledge for what they're going to require for on the job. So that when these candidates go to their first job as a dive instructor, the dive operator doesn't have to spend so much more time in training them up. Mm. Mm. and let's be fair i mean i think back to when i was 
DM in an instructor, um, you kind of don't really realize at the start how much other stuff you're going to be doing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. If you're not a team and player, get out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And 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 you know the industry, um, the industry itself has changed so much from um, way back when when you did your uh, instructor course and I did mine. I mean, we're showing our age maybe now, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, but you know, social media. You know, I, I encourage all my candidates to have a you know their private social media and then put together a dive social media um, platform you know whether it is instagram or facebook so that they you know have continuous contact with their students and the students can come back to them and and, and that relationship follows you know mm-hmm. it's just stuff that it's it's all common sense and it's it's not hard to do but somebody needs to tell these candidates and, and show them that, Hey, this is a great idea. You don't have to do it, but you know, I just try to teach more than the bare minimums. Yeah. No, a hundred percent behind you on that one as well. Uh, I'm still in touch with guys that, are, you know, I taught them their open water eight years ago and you know, they still come diving with me year after year, apart from Corona year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about diving together, you know, you should definitely um, come up to the Sunshine Coast. I understand you're up here every so often, and and we'll dive to Brisbane together. Oh, mate, that'd be fantastic. That would be fantastic. I've not I've not dived anywhere near Brisbane yet. I've only done okay. New South Wales. There but is what, some incredible diving up here. You know, there's Stradbroke Island. There's um, I haven't. Yeah, there's there's mantis all around there, and and then of course the mm. Brisbane, and then further north they sunk a wreck um, a couple of years ago of Harvey Bay, mm-hmm. um, the HMS to Brook. You know, there's Wolf Rock. There's just yeah, it's just there's really really yeah. good diving here. Absolutely. I've got a I've got a mate actually. A shout out to Jai Kennedy over on North Stradbroke Island. He's an absolute freaking legend. This guy. Um, if you get the opportunity to pop over and go diving with him, you can't forget his name. It's very similar to yours. Yeah, uh, giant guy. Giant um, guy, yeah, for sure. But he, it, the the pictures that he's showing at the moment, and another mate just been there diving with him, Stevie Lada. Uh, some great manta shots. So I'm just I'm, I'm gagging to get up there and, and and dive it. I really am. So as soon as the uh, the next business trip occurs up to Brisbane, I'm going to be knocking on your door, Chief. No, that sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. Um, a, a little plug, if, if, if anybody is looking at, um, at doing the Dive Master course or the Instructor course with, with us um, through Sunreef, mm. um, um, if, if, if they mention Scuba Goat, they have to mention Scuba Goat, um, then they'll get a $100 voucher um, that they can spend on anything in the shop, yeah, whether it's, oh. you know, if you need a bit of dive gear or you can put it through to something. Yeah, yeah. Happy days. So, but they need to mention Scuba Goat. All right. So get in touch with you or Sunreef and quote Scuba Goat. Yep. Get your course booked and yep. get your voucher, $100. That's it. That's, that's a it. nice little sweetener. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. that's for the Dive Master or the Instructor Programs, yeah. And um, so I've got to ask, um, you did you did tell me the other day that you've sent in some, something in the post and the postman's failed, he's not turned up. Oh, that's such a shame. I was hoping I was hoping that the postman be there by now. So, um, yeah, one of my one of my uh, sideline businesses is um, I make uh, custom made and personalized uh, mask straps. And um, I was cheeky enough to get onto the Scuba God website and steal your logo and get it digitized. And in the mail is a a really cool looking mask strap with the Scuba Goat logo um, coming your way. And uh, yeah, that's something that I do. And, and you can have your own design or you choose one of ours and have your own personalized name on it. And, and yeah, uh, I, I did, I did one. It, it was a, it was a married couple and, and they had two nudibranchs. They had a nudibranch each on, on the, on the mask tamer. And then um, one said just, and the other one said married. Yeah. So, but I don't know if they actually thought this through because if they're diving where it says just and the other one says married, whereas if they swap sides, it will say married, just. just. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's on the website, diveinstructor.com.au. Go to the shop. Yeah, you can, you can have a look on there. I'm, I'm excited to see this. I bet it turns up in the post tomorrow morning. Of course it is. It's called yeah. Murphy's Law. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so I must track with a scuba goat logo on it. Happy days. Yeah, Thank you very it. much, that's sir. It. That's it. No, that's my pleasure. Thank and you. And if it, if it looks slightly good, then um, maybe we need to have a little cheeky chat and maybe put them up on the Scuba Goat website and, uh, you know, get some freebies on the go and people can purchase a few as well. We get, so, sure. get some goat masks out there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Get the scuba goat masks out there and and, and create your own little scuba goat tribe. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you're thinking, Kai. Yes. We're going to go far. Well, somebody has to pay for the the, um, sound engineer in the background who's being very quiet. Oh, yeah, he's very good. But as soon as we stop recording, it'll it just stop. It won't stop talking. He's got to catch yeah. up on an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. Well, um, I, th- I think we'll wrap it up in a mo. Um, just so anyone who's listening and still listening now, next week I do have. Um, I don't know whether you know her actually, Kai. Uh, a young lady called uh, Kirsten Shepherd or Shep, and she's one of the owners at uh, Ningaloo Dive. Um, so we're going to be talking all about uh, the beautiful Ningaloo Reef and a new liverboard that they're bringing in as well. Oh, fantastic. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, I've never had the opportunity to go over there, but I've, I have some friends who've, who've been there on vacation or a couple who've worked over there as well. And it's, it's yeah, certainly from what I've seen, it, it looks spectacular. Yeah. Hey, and you're more than welcome to join me, but I'm determined as soon as that WA border opens and we're comfortable to move between the two, I'm going to plan a trip to Ningaloo. And if it's going to be timing in with this new boat coming in, I'm going to try and fill the bloody thing up just with awesome people, get some awesome times on Ningaloo. Okay. Oh, that'd be awesome because that's what you, that's, that was your business prior to mm. COVID, wasn't it? You, you were arranging trips to all over the world, um, doing some incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, my fiance nearly divorced me before we even got married. I was away that much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Um, I assume that everyone can find you on Twitter. I certainly know that they can find you on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah, IDC with Kai. Um, type that into Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Um, Google IDC with Kai, or the actual website is diveinstructor.com.au. Um, and, uh, look, even if you, even if you, are not planning on doing anything, if you have any questions about the dive industry, you know, what is the job market like? Um, you know, uh, how do I get from being recently certified to, to a, the first professional level, any questions at all, please. Yeah. More than happy to answer anything. Good on you. Good on you. So there you go, folks. You know who to go to IDC with Kai. Um, Kai, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, we'll do it again sometime, eh? No, that sounds brilliant. And thank you very much for having me. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Bit nervous when we first started talking about it, but hey, <laughs> it was it was fairly easy and painless. <laughs> Happy days. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everybody. And goodbye. This is Scuba Goat Under the Sea, the podcast for the inquisitive diver.